Yeah, buddy. Let's, let's get with the shits. Hey, let's get to the shits. Welcome to the Barack Obama approved uh, World's Greatest Podcast. Uh, my name is Kellen Conley, and this is Hyphenation. And we're just going to get to it for the 13th time, ladies and gentlemen, of 2019. Marcus Show and Mad Love Robinson is here. What's up, man? What's up? What's up, big dog? Oof. It's, it's been a minute. It's It's been a minute. I mean, technically. Literally, it's been a minute here, right? Yes. Yeah, but technically, I mean, we just did a podcast with George Gerbo, but for us, like, this, despite, despite the fact that you appeared on the Kendrick and um, Childish Gambino episode of recorded for, it's like a podcast, whatever, um, when I reposted that, like, we haven't actually had a conversation since we did the music of the decade in October. Like, I mean, we've had phone conversations, but we haven't actually done a pod. <laughs> You've came and seen me since then, I think. And we've actually spent actual real life time together. But this is the first time you're on the pod again with just me and you since then. So how's it feel to be back, man? It's great to be here, man. Back like I never left, buddy. <laughs> Killing the game, the thought father run it. So as we always do and at the end of the year, we started this tradition in 2017. Yeah. We, and we did an episode, which is like our year-end wrap-up. And I feel like that was the episode we had to record twice because my Skype recorder wasn't working. That's before Skype finally realized, hey, we should let people record the calls. So my <laughs> Skype recorder messed up and I lost it. And we had to re-record the episode again. We do our yearly thing where we get together and do our numbers on the board episode. And normally this episode is... Like, what was the best thought on this? And Marcus will come up with questions like, like, what was your biggest weird moment of the year? What what was surprising? What did you hate about this year? What music are you listening to? Everything like that. But we literally just finished doing a sports decade pod. And we talked about a lot of categories and a lot of things. And I wanted to do a solo. Well, I wanted to do a me and Marcus pod afterwards. And I was like, man, I cannot do another round of categories after what we've just done. So we're going to keep it light and simple here for our numbers on the board 2019 edition. <laughs> so we're just going, I'm just going to ask Marcus a few questions. We're going to talk. We're looking to only do an hour on this and then uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, man. But uh, thank you for always being here. Welcome to the world's greatest podcast, Barack Obama approved. And uh, we're just going to get right to the shits as they say on, it's like a podcast or whatever, man. <laughs> Let's get to it, buddy. Let's get to it. So the thing is that a lot of people have been doing is the whole 2009 pitcher against the 2019 pitcher thing. I haven't done it because I was like, can I even find a 2019 pitcher of me that, not that I was worried about me having a drink in my hand because there's a lot of those, but I was, I was just like, I just haven't done it. I have a lot going on, you know. I'm I'm running the world's greatest podcast. I'm running the world's greatest podcast group, hyphen podcast group, you know, podcast network. There's a lot going on, a lot of moving parts. But I was thinking, Marcus, let me pose it to you this way. Instead of just you posting a 2009 picture to a 2019 picture with a little caption on IG, what do you think 2009 Marcus Robinson would say to 2019 Marcus showing mad love world um Marcus showing mad love Robinson um semi regular co host of the world's greatest podcast thought father um dreamer all those things what do you think you would say 
your old self would say to your new self? Dog, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and, and what, the first thing that would come to mind. Dog, you know the funny thing is like, because even right now, like I'm on my Facebook looking at 2009 pictures, oh, and jeez, us, this is so funny, but in a great way. Like, so basically, in 2009, like um, I was out of a relationship with the first girl who I ever fell in love with, um, but. I was transitioning from it being a shitty feeling to me being over those feelings. Mm-hmm. And I ended up starting another relationship like that summer. But that whole that summer was like really a really good ass time. Um, 2009 me, 23-year-old, um, still in WVU, um, still a couple of years away from actually graduating. Um at that point, like, I really didn't have a vision for the future. Like, I really mm. could not, I really could not have even known what was happening next month, let alone the next decade. And yeah. to an extent, I, I mean, I guess some things don't change. <laughs> but I'm actually, I'm actually trying to get more of a feel for that. But I think 2009 me would be a bit shocked at who I actually came out to be. Well, one, because like I'm definitely way more in tune with my feelings and not just identifying my feelings, but like trying to actually do something about my feelings. Because when I was still in college, um, I was, I was definitely going through bouts of depression, but not really doing anything about it. Um, I had friends and stuff that I was relying on to, you know, get me through the day to day and had, you know, a relationship that I got into that was super helpful with that. And that was a really point in my life where I think my depression was actually the lowest that it's ever been since I've been depressed. Um, I think mm-hmm. I, I think cause one time I actually, I actually tracked like my life in battling depression and I think the lowest it was ever was basically from like 2008 up until like 2012. So there was only like a four to five year period where it was pretty low on the scale. I mm-hmm. mean, there, there'd be times when it would fluctuate and get higher or even non-existent. But um, those are like actually my funnest times in college, like that, that, um, that time frame. Um, but I think, you know, like I said, like even looking at myself at 30, like turning 30, like I would, where I was when I was three years ago, I think if I even would have saw that I would have actually been pretty sad. I would have, that would have made me, that would have put a fire in me to do something like, extreme and try to really chase things I want to do. Um, but looking at me right now, like in 2019, I think, I think I would be proud of myself. I, I would be super confused how I ended up in San Antonio. <laughs> right. But, um, and not 
being a teacher, which I was went to school for. Um, but I do think that there there are things about my life that have improved. I mean, uh, f- since my early twenties, like there's a lot of things about myself and like just my I don't want to sound elitist, but you know, just my intelligence and just the way I process things differently from then till now. Um, and how I try to really engage and really think about life in a sort of a critical way, which I, I definitely, I wasn't like an airhead in like college or whatever, or even a teenager, but there were just things about life that I wasn't really considering, um, along the lines of, you know, mental, like mental health and what depression actually is and what I can do to get beyond that and mm-hmm. what I can do to go beyond my limits, just beyond depression. Like, you know, what do I actually want out of life? I mean, cause 23 year olds, I mean, that's really the time where, you know, you're really just, you're really just sort of living by your, your immediate surroundings. Like you're living, you're living through your friends, like, especially if you're in school or if you like live in a school town, or whatever, but, you're living through your friends, like you're living through like these random adventures that you have. But you know, when you get older, like those days are just sort of gone. Which yeah. it's not it sounds sad, but it's just it just leaves room for a different adventure. Hey, hey, yeah, you. You like comic books, anime and stuff? Sure you do. Who the hell doesn't? And that's why you should listen to a podcast called Fresh. It's like audio cliff notes of ancient texts painstakingly translated by us for you. So do yourself a favor. Like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Trust me, we're everywhere. So don't forget, it's a podcast called Fresh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, and anywhere podcasts are casted. What kind of forever? I like we on the last pod where I don't know if it's going to make it or not, but um, we were talking about how just sort of getting older is really just about sort of finding things to do to keep yourself, you know, not bored or whatever. But right, I think it's more so about finding things to get you interested in life. Like, like I know potting for you is super. I know it. I know it's a challenge, but I do know there are levels where it does feel rewarding to you. And for me, for writing, like I feel, I feel very proud of the things that I write. And when I look back on it and read stuff that was really good, I that really gives me a sense of fulfillment. And I wasn't publishing anything publicly ten years ago, like, like. No one would have, no one in 2009, other than like a really handful of like girls, <laughs> like mm. knew that I wrote anything at all. So now that actually I'm, I'm, I'm public with the blog that I created, like that would have been, that would have been actually pretty magnificent for a 23 year old me to actually experience. Oh, yeah. uh, if I would have like just read the, if I was 23 year old me and I read like some of the shit that I wrote like this last year, like 
man, like I would have been fucking floored. So <laughs> in a great in a great way. So oh yeah. So you're yeah, a great writer, I, man. So I I appreciate that, man. I really do. Um, writing's writing's fucking hard, yo. <laughs> writing like is. writing is really hard, and I. I try to I try to find my voice each time I write, and which is really odd to say, and odd to experience to an extent. But writing really is all about just sort of what do I think about something, and what do I want to say about it, and why does my words actually have meaning? So I'm trying to find trying to find meaning and, you know, trying to find meaning in the words. So, so yeah, I think 23-year-old me would, would really fuck with 33-year-old me. <laughs> That's awesome. So a couple things I wanted to ask you about. So the first one, the lighter question would be, um, what, what made you want to get into, what, make you, what made you want to be a teacher? Because I don't think I've ever asked you that. Shit, I don't think you have, man. Um, I especially since you didn't stay with it, you know. I did not know the the forces of West Virginia did not want me to be a teacher. <laughs> but I was, I was, I was always motivated by teachers that I've had. So oh, nice. I, I remember my fourth, my fifth grade math teacher, Mister Doggett. He was, he was this black math teacher in in um New Carrollton Elementary School and he reminded his look and style reminded me of Ed Murphy and Distinguished Gentleman. Oh, <laughs> so I know, I know you're a big fan of that Eddie run, so I can see it. I I love that movie and I love Mr. Doggett. So he was and this there was at a time when my mom and my dad broke up. I was living like me and my mom were staying in a one bedroom condo. Like I was sharing a bed with my mom for like a year until I you know, just said fucking and slept on the couch. But that's how we were living. But mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Doggett, he was like, he was like an example of how I thought black men really should be with kids. Um, and so I always loved him. And in high school, I had this history teacher named Mr. Vogley, and I had him 10th grade, and I had him my senior year, and he was this white dude, but he was cool as fuck, and he was super, super smart, and he was super knowledgeable, and I always admired that he was someone that was really smart, but still relatable, like, he he could have a conversation with you about these old-ass concepts, but he really showed that he like really gave a shit about us. And yeah. So, so yeah, I've always I always loved Mr. Vogley. Um, and there was this other teacher that I had, Mr. Sutton. I only had him one year for eleventh grade English. And the funny thing is, like our class cut the fuck up, but we st- it was weird. We were like a tag a tag class, talented and gifted. But we cut the fuck up the entire time. Like, <laughs> but there was one lesson he taught me with writing that has always stuck to me. And it was an exercise of explaining 
explaining like like explaining things to blind people so it was exercise how would you explain a, a sunset to a blind person and it wow. was like a couple it was a couple other questions like that in that vein but that was really the first time in my life I was ever challenged to write something and and he actually pushed me to be at that point he really sort of pushed me to think of like outside the the lines of like um what it meant to what it meant to write something cuz like the the he actually gave us the assignment everyone was total shit at it he made us do it again and we all got better and so that's the power of great teaching like even if even if your class is shit give them a chance to fail but then give them the opportunity to succeed. So there were plenty of just teachers in my life that had this beautiful effect on me. And I wanted to, in turn, have that effect on students. And there was actually one time, I think the best moment I ever had in teaching, I was a student teacher at University High. And it, I, it was an honor civics class. And I forget even the, the lesson that we were all I was teaching them, mm-hmm. but it was it was a it was a moment with like two minutes left in the class, where everybody was engaged. Like, and it wasn't like bullshit engagement. It was like kids talking to each other, bouncing ideas off each other, bouncing ideas off me, and then at the end of the lesson, I wrapped it up with saying something about something, and then every single student was engrossed, and. The moment hit me where I felt, wow, every single kid right now is hinged on my words, but it's great. And so that was actually a really, that that was so fulfilling mm-hmm. that um, I love that. I, I love the student teaching I was able to do. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to become a teacher so I could be a great teacher to other people. Like that's that's basically it and the funny thing is like i i wanted to become a teacher my little cousin who's like i think um like five years younger than me she became a teacher and my oldest my older cousin who is about to turn 40 in like another year or so he went into coaching so so it's in the blood yeah man it's in the blood and actually in my uncle on my dad's side they were because of my mom's side but my uncle on my dad's side he was a teacher in dc public schools for like 30 years or some shit like that so so yeah man like yeah man it's it's in the blood man it's in the blood that, that's incredible because angel went into teaching her whole thing was her dad was a teacher and so that was always the reason that kind of drove her to she saw what he was able to do um, before he passed and everything that's in the teaching field and she was always around him and she she wanted to have that impact on young people and she just stuck with it she could have done anything uh, she definitely has the brains enough to to do anything that would be in a, a, a field that's way more profitable but she wanted to be a teacher man and here and here we are and she's got kids that are um, getting into Harvard and and, and there, there's like two other schools that um, she was telling me about um, that her kids got into and they were big names. It wasn't like no Caltech or nothing like that. I mean, Harvard's huge. And like, yeah. these are kids that 
five years ago were on our history bowl team. And now here they are getting ready to start their first year in college next year and at these major Ivy league schools and stuff. So it's, it's incredible that that's where that came from. Yeah, man. Um, then the other thing I wanted to ask you about was to go to the, the darker question. (laughs) How, when did you know the first time that you were depressed? Because as a dude, you, at least for me, and I'm going to get into my story here in a second, but I, I was just want to talk to you a little bit about it because when I was younger and stuff, I was like, like I, I didn't feel right, but I wouldn't necessarily say that. Yeah, I'm, I'm depressed. Like, did like did someone tell you you were depressed, or did you realize it on your own? Like, how did you even before you even got into your like little dark period you're talking about where you were at your lowest when it came to depression? Like, how did you actually know you were depressed? I it was a sense of it was really a sense of loneliness that it was just palpable. Um, the first time I knew I was depressed, and I didn't even know the word. Well, I mean, I knew obviously the word depressed, but I didn't know like shit. Like this is depression. I just knew right. that I had this. I just knew that I had this weight of loneliness that was just constantly following me. And it was in the 10th grade of high school. And it, it, it was shitty because, so basically in eighth grade, I graduated from uh, this middle school. And then in the ninth grade, all the kids that I went to in that middle school, in ninth grade, I didn't, I didn't go to the same high school as them. I went to high school with completely different kids in a completely different part of Maryland. And actually funny, I was probably I was actually probably depressed then too because like I I wasn't really friends with anyone. Well I was I yeah I was actually I wasn't really friends with anyone in my neighborhood. Right. So every moment like every morning when I rode the bus like like I really just felt like a complete fucking outsider. I actually the funny thing is like and I haven't thought about this in years, but so basically the I could see so my apartment that I lived in from my apartment steps, I could see when the bus was coming and it would come super fast from where I saw it to where the bus stop was. The bus stop was basically at the end of the block. And so my my apartment was at the opposite end of that block. So every morning I would I would avoid standing at the bus stop with the other kids. I would watch for the bus to come and I would try to run to catch the bus. That's how much I did not like going to that other high school. Oh, and, that, and that's how much I did not fuck with the people in my neighborhood for that ninth grade year. Now, did you go to a different high school because of annexing and stuff or did y'all move? No, it was all zoning. It was all zoning bullshit. Uh. So... So yeah, so ninth grade, I didn't, I didn't like ninth grade, but when the loneliness kept following me, that's when I sort of knew that it was something more than just not having friends. Um, so, and I found that I was doing things to isolate myself from people, things that I, it was even no big deal, but it was really causing isolation, causing added on depression. So when right. I went to the so 
that was the ninth grade where I went to a different high school than the people I went to the eighth grade. In the tenth grade, I actually got zoned to a, a high school that actually put me in the, the the school with those people that I knew in the eighth grade. So when I came to the school, like I'm assuming that we're gonna pick up where we left off. Like everyone's still gonna be mad cool. Nope. And like that, that was absolutely not the fucking case. Like, I remember specifically like the first class that I had. Well, no, it was the second class that I had. It was English, and every single person that was in my eighth grade class was in that fucking English class. I walked in the first day, and these niggas act like they didn't even know me. Like mm-hmm. that's like that's when I knew like shit was super fucking wrong, and so. It was like I had like a couple of friends like here and there or whatever, but like if it was lunch, like I rarely ate lunch with other people. Like um if it was like in between classes or in the morning before like clap like the first classes start, like I was like I mostly had like my headphones on, like blurring like three six mafia. Like um <laughs> like I for a lot of the kids in the high school, I was not fucking with them at all. Um, and I realized, like, one day, like, it, I don't even remember the day or nothing like that, but it was just one day I was walking, listening to just music super loud and passing every single person in the hallway. And then it, it hit me like a ton of bricks, like, fuck, like, I, I really do not like myself. Right. And so that that was like my first bout of depression in high school. Um, but in, and again, like that was like in the early aughts. So this is like 2002, 2003. No one's really talking about depression. Like no one's really engaging in mental health. Like no one really gives a fuck. Like that's what it feels like. No one gives a fuck. And the funny thing is like I... Eventually, like, I actually had had friends there. That's kind of the weird thing about depression. Like, I felt lonely even though I had I had quasi friends. Like, like my nigga P, like, he was he was basically my best friend. He was one of my best friends my senior year. And I was had another best friend. Her name is Lauren, who I'm still cool with to this day. Um, you know, these are people that were my friends. But I didn't tell them any of this shit. Like I felt like I couldn't tell, I couldn't tell people why I didn't want to talk to them or why I didn't go to football games, even though our my I think junior year we won states in football. I didn't go to a single fucking game because oh, wow. I didn't because I didn't I wasn't I didn't know how to be sociable. And so I, I didn't, I didn't know like social currency. Um, the, it's like the, the funny thing is like the, the first party in high school I ever went to was prom. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I wasn't socializing with people. I wasn't socializing a lot of with a lot of people in school. Right. I definitely and I wasn't doing it after school very much either. So so yeah, the first party I ever went to, 
not just like hanging out at somebody's house but like an actual party party in high school was fucking prom. And so, you know, when I went to college, college really was a godsend because it did force me to, you know, find social cues and like, not necessarily social cues, but what it's like to actually talk to people outside of class. But my mm-hmm. first, like, two, my first two years at WV, like, I was still massively depressed, like, um, especially my sophomore year where I was basically living with a stranger um, and I was, I wasn't, I was transitioning out of engineering major, going into education major, but I didn't know anyone in these classes that I was having classes with. Um, I was really only, I was really only friends with less than a handful of people. So it was like a super, super like difficult situation. So like from, so basically from freshman year of high school to like the, like my second year of college, which is mostly like, I would say actually not the, not my full sophomore year, but like definitely in that first part of like the fall, I would say maybe until about like, um, like October, November ish, but like that, that, that big six year gap of just like going through what depression was. Um, eventually, you know, I, I worked through it and I became sociable and I, I got actually like a fuck ton of people that I knew through WVU. Um, that, that next year was when I actually met Raydria. Um, mm-hmm. and then I ended up, <laughs> do you, I remember like hanging out with you randomly <laughs> the first time I met you, you and Chris like, Yeah, CFX. Yeah, I, I feel like, and I, I may be way off. I feel like that you may have came to my house when um we were on Naomi Street. It was up um up that giant hill, um off of um, like right uh, off of Willie Street, Price Street. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I feel like I felt like she brought you there because I don't think you ever was at Pennsylvania Avenue in South Park, and I feel like um or and even even though maybe maybe I was with Wes and. I think Wes is like, oh, I'm going to hang out with Raydria. And then maybe you were around and Raydria's like, hey, this, no, that wasn't that either. So it had to be, she brought you to the house. And then I was with CFX. Um, I wonder, did CFX didn't come around that much. I wonder if we were working on music when he was over. Because me and him had just started really kicking in and stuff like that. So like we were, uh, we were more like music colleagues, more than friends and stuff. Yeah. So. I, I really feel like she brought you to the house that I I had with Wes and Steve-O um, over there. And then um, that's when that's when we met. And you're like, hey, I'm Marcus. And like, hey, I'm Callum, what's up? And that, that was kind of it. <laughs> you know, it, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like the watershed moment or anything. The watershed moment like came through Twitter. And, and the breakthrough yeah. happened on episode 34 <laughs> when you came over, <laughs> which is, it was just still crazy how all that happened. And like, we live in the same town and I'd see you out and I'm like, yo, I see Marcus walking around and you're like, oh, what up? What up, big dog? No, was, no car, <laughs> no car, uh, fucking, um, what was that biscuit place? Tudors. <laughs> yeah, man. But, but yeah, man, like I eventually you know with depression you you kind of have to really find underlying causes and 
most of the time it really was because like I I do I'm at my best when I am around people. Mm-hmm. Not just even not just even like romantic relationships specifically, but um when I just have people to interact with and so um at that point like like I said like freshman year like like my my brother passed away um I was like far from home um I couldn't even go to nightclubs because I didn't have I didn't have an ID until like spring of freshman year so I so yeah I wasn't even like in the mix like that really um so so yeah man like I eventually you know like I said like I that roommate that I was strangers with I ended up meeting friends through him and then some of those friends like I'm actually friends with them longer than I was with him mm-hmm. um and eventually you know my education classes like I was like inviting myself over to do things with him <laughs> like right. And so I made like a, a lot of friends like in my graduating class and a lot of like ex fizz kids I was randomly friends with and and like like when you're when you're in college like you just open to just meeting just new people randomly and so yeah, you are man so yeah so I I initially had to do that and I eventually did um yeah I I asked that because it kind of ties into my. 2009 to 2019 so the first thing i know 2009 me would say to me is uh how in the fuck are you still with angel because surely (laughs) 2009 me thought i would ruin it at some point because i mean 2008 was a rough year man like um 07 uh we had been briefly separated and we got back back together like in the towards like end of the year and then she wasn't living here, so I was literally by myself, um, uh, like in in town. I was living with Ed and everything. Then Ed moved in with um, Mi, and I didn't have any place to go because I didn't plan for it. Because all I cared about was drinking in 08. and I was working. I wasn't in school. I, my grades sucked, so that didn't work out for me. And I couldn't go back to school. I was on probation again. They kicked me out. So I was working at Teletech and then I lost the Teletech job because of a crappy hang up where they said I didn't answer the phone. But I, it was really because my numbers were bad and they just were trying to cut me. And now that guy's a bus driver in Morgantown. So shout out to him. No offense to the bus drivers in Morgantown, but that dude felt like big shit when he fired me. And then it's like a couple years later, it's like, oh, hey, see so you're driving a bus. I'm riding on. What up, though? Um, and so like most of my rest of my OA was just spent drinking and and trying to put together some music and stuff and that not working out and then late 08 Angel got the job um in Fairview and we got a little place in um I guess it was closer to Saberton than anything else and we started living there and then in 09 uh, we um both uh both uh, um, Nikki, my sister-in-law, who's been on the pod, and Christian, my brother-in-law, they were both coming out to WVU that year. It was going to be Nikki's sophomore and Christian's freshman, and we all got a place in South Park and stuff. And that'd be the first question is like, how did you not lose her? Because the, the, there was a lot of, I mean, like you already heard, there was plenty of drinking. There was no motivation. I got the job at the shoe department in like the fall of 2008 and stuff. And I wasn't really... It was more like a job 
because I mean, obviously I needed money, but there was like no motivation. And I'm like, I, I wasn't even doing music really like that. I was, had all these ideas, nothing was happening. And so looking at me now, I know that 2009 me would be really proud that I have grown into this family man that I didn't think I could be back then and have this beautiful daughter and own a house or working on buying a house, you know, and have a steady job that I've uh, in an industry that I've been in for longer than I've been a shoe salesman. So they definitely be glad I'm not a shoe salesman anymore. Be very happy to find out that, um, I actually am putting in time as a podcaster on a regular and it's not just some random thing I do because I'd started victory jump off radio way back in Oh nine. It was, yeah, I think it was Oh nine when I started that like early in the year. And then I just was real sporadic with it. And then I really got back into it in 2011 and then I just never, then I got away from it again until, until 16 when I started this one. So seeing how I'm doing a podcast would be cool. They'd be, their mind would be blown that Matt didn't live in the country anymore. <laughs> He's in New Zealand. And I, I think 09 me would understand why the music didn't work out. Cause even back then I knew that I didn't have the dedication or the focus to really hone my craft, um, to maybe even make a run to even be a credible. And there's just so many factors that goes into it. I, I knew back then that I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to make a fire single and, and all of a sudden be a, big artists or anything like that even though 2011 me thought that for several months and that kind of almost derailed my relationship again but still with all that said i know that 09 me would be proud that there's music out there that there that it wasn't the end in 2009 because there was the output was just very minimal it wasn't and not to say it was bad but it wasn't where i wanted it to be i was very frustrated musically and so knowing that after 09, there's more projects and music. And then ultimately, I get to the album in 14 and stuff. I, I think that'd be pretty cool. They would probably wonder why. I mean, I'm not as big as I was. I feel like I was honestly like 10 years ago, I definitely was skinnier. But I'd say even three years ago, I was way bigger than I am now. I've lost a lot of the rotundness. Like the, I haven't really lost. Like I dropped the weight when I was on Keto Keto. And the weights kind of stayed off a little bit. But um. You know, I'm definitely smaller than I was a few years ago. I can see that in pictures. So I would probably be like, why are you so fat, nigga? You know, <laughs> not, I mean, not that I wasn't, uh, I was still bigger 10 years ago. Like I had a little gut and stuff, but it kind of continued. Cause like when you're, when you're, uh, 27 versus, uh, 37, you're like, oh man, like I have plenty of time to, uh, to, you know, get back in the gym, start working out. No problem at all. It'll come yeah. right off. And then it just never happens. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I I I think Onami would be kind of scared at how vulnerable and open that 2019 me is, especially with how I've I've kind of like you said how I've come to grips with my my depression and my feelings and stuff because oh nine me like I was running around like this is me coming off of being around Ed all the time. So like in in my eyes, like Ed was my hero. Like me and Ed were best friends, but Ed was like my hero. I wanted to be like Ed. You probably heard that on the podcast that I had where I was like talk, trying to talk like him. I can't yeah, even do it anymore. I remember that, yeah. I caught that. Yeah. And it, it was something it's something that I I've I do even today where I'll pick up 
not I'll pick up kind of characteristics, kind of like Walter White taking the characteristics of people he's killed and stuff, like not to that degree, but you know, there's certain ticks and things that I'll pick up when I'm around a person a lot and I, I'm more conscious of it now, but it was highly evident when I edited that podcast, how much I wanted to be Ed Brown. Like that was my goal in life was to be Ed Brown. And I could tell even when I recorded it in 07, I was like, I want to be Ed Brown. And that that's was who my hero was at that time. And so coming off of that and, realizing that I'm not this tough person who I tried to be and I'm not this I'm a rapper but I, I'm you know I'm I'm also coming from a, a place where I don't know it's just like I, I can't imagine I can't imagine 2009 me having this conversation with 2019 you so to speak I feel like I would skirt around the issue like things aren't a big deal you know nothing's that serious everything's can be fixed there's still time you know I 20 2009 me wasn't living in reality so to speak I was just kind of worried about where the you know the next party was and next thrill and and I I knew I had nothing to lose because other than Angel and so I was like yeah as long as I got her or whatever like that's all that matters to me. So, I mean, that's that that's the kind of thing with being young in Morgantown. Like, yeah, you, yeah. like, like, like everyone is they're doing their thing, like whatever it is. And each each weekend is another opportunity to do the thing again. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's kind of how it is. Like, I was looking at I was looking at some of the pictures that I have on Facebook from 2009, and there's like a picture where we went out. Uh, we stayed up literally the entire night, and it's and like in the morning we're still like all up and still bullshitting around or whatever. And I haven't thought about right. that, and I haven't thought about that in years. And so, it's just one of those things, like especially even going back to where you're saying like you may be skirting issues, like you're not really being truthful. I think, I think people know. Well, I'm, actually, I want to say that, but I think. A lot of times, people do know something is wrong, but they just it just having a hard time of pinpointing it or even just admitting mm-hmm. admitting it because, like, if you're, I mean, sleeping in and you just feel you're you're going to a job and you just don't want to be there, like beyond it just being like a Monday or a long shift, like you just physically just don't want to be there, like teletech, like. I mean, I was there for way too fucking long, and mm-hmm. I I dreaded every single day going to work there, and so this is yeah, man. You know, five days out of the week, I'm going to a place that I dread. So five times a week, at at a minimal, I'm doing something that's causing me depression, and that doesn't even take into account anything else going on in my life. It doesn't even take into account the shitty people at Teletech. Just the act of going to that shitty job like had me depressed. Yeah. And I wrote about this in one of my most recent pieces, but um, I actively avoided my college friends because I didn't want to tell them I was stuck at that fucking job. Like, mm. so like that would like that really hurt because like. I like, like I said, like I'm someone that I love my friends, like, and I love like being around them, and I just couldn't keep telling people I'm not teaching. I'm I'm still at Teletech, like, so 
that was like that was super hard. I mean, cause that I, was hard for me too, man. Like uh, to especially with being at the shoe department and stuff, and like seeing people and and being out. I was like, oh, what are you doing now? I was like, oh, I work at the shoe department. And then the first thing out their mouth is like, oh, Al Bundy. Like, yeah. oh, let's see, that's fucked up, dude. Angela Yee said that to me on on Shade Forty Five. Oh when I, damn! Was that that same year or was that twenty ten? Um, my, I'm not sure, but she said that shit to me when I called in and when they, they said they were going to put me on, on their, um, whatever series that was, I'd have to look it up now. I mean, the audio clips are on like the minds mix eight volume four and stuff. And she called in and it's like, what, what do you do? For, oh, don't quit your day job. She's like, what do you do for your day job? I'm like, I, I work at a, I work at a shoe store. And she said, Oh, Al Bundy. I'm like, yeah. That's me. And then, then she played the wrong song. And then Sal Masalaka, however you say his name, was frying me on Twitter. And I was mad as hell because they played the wrong song. Because I'd sent in, I'd submitted things twice and I told them what to play and they still played the wrong song. And yeah. And so the, I understand completely about that whole thing about avoiding telling people that you're not you're not some big rapper you're not touring locally or expanding on your dream of being of you know what what your your dream to be a teacher mine was I always want to be a rapper it was i can say what i want about being in school and stuff and wanting to be a journalist but grade wise i mean i just never applied myself so my dream at that time was like i want to be a rapper you know and i, I just wasn't there so i was a shoe salesman yeah man like i mean I don't know if that's even just a, a byproduct of capitalism, but I think when, especially the era that we came out of as kids, like we were constantly told like we can do whatever we wanted to do if we just tried. That's not that's not true. Like like you like effort is good, but shit just doesn't work out sometimes, and so. We were never told to really deal with that. Like we were, like we were the first generation of kids that told, go, go to college. If you go to college, you'll succeed in life. Like, but every, like, there's millions of other people going to college trying to get the same job I'm trying to get. What if I don't get the job? And so, I think I told you before. I think I may even said on this podcast, but I was applying for a teaching position at Morgantown High, and it was a history teaching position. Um, 80 applicants applied, and like three teachers who were already hired, they had already applied also. So like, I had literally no chance at that fucking position. And like, I was turning in the interview as they were interviewing applicants that same fucking day. So I think you can you can try hard and you can, you know, get knowledgeable, but some of this shit is kind of luck. Like yeah. it's kind of, it's like, you know, fulfilling your dreams, like um, I definitely wouldn't tell anyone to deter their dreams. I wouldn't even tell people to base their dreams in reality. I would say, you know, if you want to have lofty expectations have a realistic path for for achieving it but you know this shit is hard like this like life is hard like and no one can no one really prepares you for it and so it's it's all trial by fire like i i i literally don't know a single person that has not battled depression in some way shape or form like yeah. it's 
it's literally impossible not to find anyone that has not done that. Yeah, so it, it would definitely be a, an odd conversation. I, 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 I don't know if 2009 me would want to hang out with 2019 me, honestly. Because <laughs> that was a conceited little fuck back then, man. I, I swear, like, like you couldn't tell me nothing. And and I, I'm glad that I've grown so much, but I, I don't. I think I think there would be, like I said, things that the twenty that, that I'd be impressed by, but ultimately it'd be like, man, well, you went and got old. So anyway, I'm gonna go try to find something to drink. See you later. Heavy <laughs> out. I mean, you don't think you'd be trying to get some game from yourself, man? I mean, because. I mean, you married, got a beautiful, beautiful wife, beautiful kids. Like, I don't think so, because that I don't, I don't think even even long term goal. Like, I don't think '09 me thought thought it could happen, even even with the, even being uh, six years in with Angel at that point. Like, I I didn't think it even '09 me wrap his head around the part of be of actually marrying a girl and being a family because he wasn't ready yet. So I don't I don't think he would ask for game or anything or or what not to do or what to do. I I really think that he'd be like, all right, well, I'm gonna try to get out of this conversation as soon as possible so I can get moving and go do what I want to do. And that and that'd be it, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, he was a savage. <laughs> um I wasn't necessarily a savage. Um I think that I think it's kind of a different sort of conversation that mm-hmm. I would have. Like, cause the funny thing is I don't think, you know, the funny thing is like, let's say I was like in a, in a fucking time machine and I saw my 2009 self, mm-hmm. like I would be the one to actually initiate the look. I know you were, there were years where you were a mass, where you were massively depressed and I knew you came up off this recent breakup, which put me in depression then as well. Um, I would just give myself game and, you know, tell myself how to better manage it. And I would tell my younger self, you know, rely on people like it's OK not to rely just on yourself for things and really trying to figure out a way like to. Like I said, like really trying to figure out a way to really move beyond something rather than just letting it like fester. So, I, I know the one thing that 2019 me would tell 2009 me is, you got six years left with both your moms, so you better stop being an asshole sometimes and really <laughs> kind of suck it up and spend more time with them, and and try to make and and God please have the balls to not listen to your mother and actually bring your fucking daughter to her instead of having her be on her damn deathbed and you never get to actually meet your daughter. So yeah, I would tell my 2009 self that for sure. Be like, look, nigga, if you take anything from this day comes, you need to make sure that you, you do these things. And I think that you got forever because I know you think you got forever, but forever don't last. So if there's anything you take away from this, spend more time with your mothers, call your mothers more. And for everything that you're, Everything that you are, take that baby to go see your mother because she ain't going to be here much longer. So I would tell him that. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's 
nothing tomorrow's not promised, which really fucking sucks, man. And so <laughs> that sums yeah. it up. That really sucks. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, so shit. I mean <laughs> we 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 went down the the uh the rabbit hole on that one a little bit, but this is what I wanted to do because I mean we I feel like we've we've talked so much this year about about movies and Michael Jackson and about more movies and then about music and I always feel like when we get together it's an event because we you always come with such great topics and hell we just did the sports podcast that, um, that people are going to hear so I, I I think it's good that we're just able to sit here and just kind of talk about some not to say dumb shit but just some random everyday stuff just like have a regular conversation because I, I I feel like that's just as important for people to hear us having a normal conversation so to speak as normal as possible without there being all these other things that we want to get to and cover this and cover that and so I'm glad that we're having this conversation because I, I really feel like it's uh, we're, we're still learning new things about each other. I mean, really, me and you have been real friends for about three years at this point, going on four. And so I, I think it's good that we are kind of going down this path, especially on the last podcast of the year um, that we're, me and you are going to be together on and kind of just put it all out there for people to see, you know. Definitely, definitely, man. I agree with that. But I'm not going to keep killing them. So um, I, I I do have one word association thing I was going to ask you because I thought this first thing would take away less time, and it didn't, and I'm glad. I, I keep saying I'm glad. Am I glad, Marcus? Maybe I'm glad. Anyway, <laughs> I do have one thing I'm going to propose to you for word association because I know that you have been waiting and waiting and planning and writing and trying to get out your game of thrones <laughs> final season thoughts so marcus i'm just going to give you a three letter i'm gonna give you a three word phrase and i want you to tell me your thoughts on it game of thrones what are the first things that come to your mind it's not as bad as people say it is um i'm i'm hopefully i can publish it before the turn of the year but um i actually um christmas day i legit spent the entire day watching the last season of thrones and i think there are things there are sort of conceits that i can make that i see why people didn't like some aspects of it but overall like for me season eight actually got better um Mm -hmm. so if anyone I, anyone listening to this that you've not watched Thrones and people have told you not to watch Thrones, I would say that's total bullshit. Watch Thrones. That with, was a lot. <laughs> yeah, like, like you should legitimately make the make the make the decision for yourself if you think it's a good if it ended well or not. But um, I have a theory on where you'll fall on the spectrum depending on if you like. Um, Daenerys Targaryen. Okay. Depending on if you like or dislike her, that's going to really determine your your thoughts on the last season. But um, but no, Game of Thrones. Like, um, I'm totally up for. And if you want to do more, I'm I'm down for doing more work association if you want. Um, excuse me, I just coughed all up in here. Um, 
yeah, let, let, let's do some more. So here's a hot button topic. Uh, the man dropped a new song and then did a rap radar podcast with friend of the friend of the show, Elliot Wilson and B dot on um, their podcast for title. And he dropped it on the YouTube channel. Um, Drake. Uh, over it. <laughs> okay. Um, the song that he had, like it was cool. Um, he bigging up weekend, which I'm always a fan of, but it's him imitating grime rap again, which Drake imitating other forms of music is which he's done better before. <laughs> which is it's very tired now. Like it's yeah, it's unimpressive. Like the song was decent, but I listened to that song once. I haven't even thought about going back to it until you brought it up right now I, I haven't even given that song a second thought um that two the two and a half hour rap radar interview like i'm not wasting time on that like um i'm, saw, I'm almost done with it i, mean, <laughs> I you know he, it, you know your boy has to see what aubrey has to say for two and a half hours because, in that format because they posted the thing he said about Pusher, which was total bullshit. Like, it's a total fucking lie. Like, for him to say, well, no, I was more of a fan of the Neptunes, not the Clips. You were lying out your motherfucking lips. Like, just stop it. Like, there's literally no reason for him to say that. And then the thing with Chris Brown and Rihanna and how he justified that friendship, even though Chris Brown beating the shit out of Rihanna... That was just super fucking weird. Like, and you can tell. I just listened to that part on the way home. Like, is there anything interesting in this interview that you even picked up on? Because I'm guessing no. Like, I'm guessing there's nothing. There's no like secret detail about Drake that's interesting. Like, to be quite frank. No, no, there there isn't. Um, I will tell you that the best parts for me are simply when they get to the music and they're talking about his discography and why Scorpion was longer and if he thought it worked and anything that's like behind the scenes stuff for the music stuff, I'm definitely for, but um, even when he was talking about, they talked a little bit about Meek and the Chris part I didn't like, cause he definitely said there was, it all came down to a girl and, and just kind of dismiss Rhea. I mean, he said he had a lot of love and respect for her. And, and he said that she's basically family to him right now. He does and I'm like, dude, that. you were you were like wanting to marry her a few years ago. Like you proclaimed your love on MTV and everything. And then she kind of rejected you after that. Like, like this is I feel like this reconciliation for them for them is kind of coming from a bitter place from him. And he's supposed to be saying he's from a positive place. And then he doesn't say push his name, the whole interview. He keeps avoiding that. And then he talks about Kanye a little bit. won't say anything about him. And, but the stuff about the music, I do finally find truly interesting, but everything else, especially a few times that tough Aubrey pops up. I'm, I'm definitely not there for it. I'm kind of like, eh, let's just get to the part where he talks about track seven on, on, uh, take care, you know, like imagine some dude that used to put his hands on your wife all of a sudden you're doing podcasts with them imagine Mm. how wild that would sound imagine like imagine just how wild that would be like that's it just makes no fucking sense like he yeah he he doesn't respect her like that's like that's that's another lie so yeah, yeah, Drake. Yeah, Drake in twenty twenty, we're we're over it. Like, um, 
I'm I'm not checking any. I'm I, I mean if if he drops an album tomorrow, like yeah, I'll probably listen, but. I'm not really checking for a new Drake, honestly. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm over it. I'm over it. Look, I don't have much time, all right? So let me just say something real quick. My name is EG, and I am the host of two shows that are part of the Hyphen Podcast Group. The first show is called Catch the Show. It's a show where I talk about music-related news and pop culture, upcoming tours that you may want to catch shows of, and I tell you about a show that I call because it, it's the number one concert review podcast in the world, and I've reviewed shows from Beyonce to Kendrick Lamar to even the Backstreet Boys. So yeah, that's Catch the Show. The other show is called The Underground Monster. Slightly different kind of show, but still music-related. It's where I cover basically underground independent hip-hop, horrorcore and the juggalo culture so yeah if you're interested in either one go to hyphenpodcastgroup.com and or go to your favorite podcast platform and just search for them and hit that subscribe button okay got that cool now let's get you back to the show you were originally listening to all right next one i got Eddie Murphy episode of Saturday Night Live. I don't fuck with Saturday Night Live. It's like, wait, wait, what? I don't fuck with no Saturday Night Live, man. I don't either, but Eddie came back for the first time in 35 years and you didn't watch any of it? I didn't watch it. Marcus. Marcus. Nah, man, we're giving the people the truth, man. I'm not going to lie and say Eddie Murphy saves SNL. Like he gave him a good episode. That's it. Like, and the funny thing is, I'm not even saying. Actually, the funny thing is, I love Eddie Murphy, but I really don't fuck with SNL, man. Like, if it's not like a musical performance, like, or just I don't know, like Black. I know you did Black Jeopardy. Oh no, I saw I saw the one of the answers for Black Jeopardy. The um the Instagram hoe. I saw that answer. That was funny, but uh, I can't be fucking with no SNL. I, I heard the monologue was great. People said that was great. Um, I can't be fucking with no Jeopardy. No I SNL. get it, man, but Eddie's on for the first time in 35 years, man. Like it, it, it's, a, it's a beautiful episode of SNL. Even if they, you don't fuck with it, you should watch it, man. Man. You should watch they, it. Just, do yourself man, and watch it. I can't be fucking on SNL, man. Mark, this is not the time for you to take a stand. It sounds like 2009, Marcus. No, man. 2009, Marcus? 2009, Marcus would have been like, fuck SNL. I'm just saying, I've transitioned. I'm just saying I don't fuck with no SNL instead of fuck SNL. So... All right, well, I said my piece. If I can't, if I can't convince you, I ain't going to convince you, but I thought it was a very good episode. God... Now and Eddie Murphy came on. Um, next word is hmm, Captain Marvel. Uh, that's really the word. Uh, and then 50 million, uh, I forget what it was called. The ah, oh, fuck. What are the three dots called, Kellen, after you write a word? 
Oh, the ellipses. Yeah, well, 50 million of those after, uh, like, um, she, Captain Marvel was a very mid-movie. They didn't give her shit to do in uh, Endgame, so her character was mid in Endgame. <laughs> like, I know, I know those rumors that, like, she's, they, they're trying to get rid of Brie Lawson, but they didn't write that movie well at all. Like, the movie wasn't very well acted at all from her standpoint um the the nostalgia in it was cheese um yeah like i if they want to recast her recast her but i'm i'm not losing sleep over a captain marvel sequel anytime soon so would you say it's the worst mcu movie um i mean incredible hawk may have a word (laughs) Um, but if you, I mean, is it, well, okay, let's put it like this. Every Cap, every Captain America movie is better than it. Every Thor movie is better than it. Every Avenger movie is better than it. Every Iron Man movie is better than it. Every Spider-Man movie is better than it. <laughs> the yes, uh, the answer is yes. No, it's, it's Incredible Hulk. Then it's Captain Marvel. Incredible Hulk is not a, is not a good movie, um, so it's it's legit like that's <laughs> that's really wild that I really put it that way, <laughs> but that's the truth, man. Like other than Incredible Hulk, what's even in the realm of sh- oh, it's it's not better than Doctor Strange. I know that much. Um, what what other whatever MCU movies am I missing? I, I I'm pretty uh, sure I you said Gar Ant Man's. You forgot oh, the Ant Oh yeah, it's not better than any Ant Man. It's not better than um it's not better than the first Guardians. Uh, uh Oh I, wow, you really didn't like Guardians too. I fell asleep on Guardians too, so I would maybe I would say it's better than Guardians too. Okay, there you there you go, Captain Marvel. There you go. Um, you're number three in the, in the power rankings of that movie. <laughs> it's number three. Disney Plus. Ooh, a fucking shill. It's a motherfucking shill, man. Like, shout out to our connect. You know, we you know we don't you know we don't we don't give the names of connects, but the connect we'll knows never who the connect is. The connect um, does. But I literally only watch it for Mandalorian, and I barely even keep up with Mandalorian. Uh, yeah, I haven't I, watched any Mandalorian yet. Like, cause I mean, I know why they, I know why they shuttled it to have it once a week. But this is a binge society, man. Like, throw them bitches <laughs> out, <laughs> throw them bitches out all at one time, man. We ain't got no time for the shill corporation of Disney pimping out baby yoda and yes they are pimping out baby yoda and we are we all are hosts for the baby yoda experience so um but yeah disney plus a total show our 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 connect he he got connected but after that connection is over if there's no more connection after that i would not be sad just to say that so okay 
Um, I, I haven't spent a whole lot of time on it, to be honest. Like I've watched some MCU stuff and, you know, not as much time as I think I, I'm, I'm, I keep bouncing back to Netflix and, and Hulu for different things. So it hasn't overtaken everything in my life. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's perfectly fine. I, I, I enjoy for what it is, but I definitely appreciate the connect. That is for sure. Yeah. Shout out to the plug. All right, so we're going to do one more of these word associations. Um, considering that you had not seen the film going in and you had not read the graphic novel going in, um, Watchmen. There's not a better cable network television than HBO. HBO. HBO has held us down for 30 summers. Like... Shit. HBO eighty four is that when it started? I didn't. I didn't like. We didn't have HBO until about like. Well, we were actually kind of lucky, like in that respect. But I don't think my first time with HBO was maybe ninety three. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe even earlier than that. Maybe it was like ninety two or ninety one. I feel like but... it was the late eighties for me. The first time I remember HBO. Yeah, I think it was actually 91 or some shit. Like, either 1990 or 91. Either way, yeah. even, even if we say it's 1990, like, they have held a nigga down for many a moon. They continue to held, hold a nigga down. Like, Watchmen is fucking phenomenal. Gina, uh, Regina King, like, it's... Her run from... Not even, I don't want to even say really run, but just watching from this year. Um, uh, what was a movie at the end of last year? Fuck, I'm blanking on it. Um, Bill Street, the Bill Sugar Talk. Uh, mm-hmm. When she won, she won the um, Oscar for Supporting Actress at the beginning of this year. So she bookend. You know, a phenomenal movie performance and a phenomenal TV performance for 2019. Um, she's doing no wrong. Um, I didn't need to see a lot of blue dick memes on my TL, but <laughs> but that's the cost. Here of we doing, are. That's the cost of doing business. Um, Doctor Manhattan business. Yeah, man. But but no, nah, man. That like HBO, man. Like. HBO really knows how to get shit done, man. Like, um, but no, Watchmen was really good. Um, I am trying to find the connect to watch the actual movie. I know it's going to be bad, but I still want to watch the movie. Um, my my plug, they gave me the graphic novel. I'm not gonna. We don't say who the plug is, but the plug they gave me the graphic novel. I can't really read it very well on my iPad, probably because my iPad is old as fuck. So uh, I'm probably I'm probably gonna have to buy through um, legal means. But um, uh, have you tried your local library, sir? Um, I actually the funny thing is I actually go to my library, but um, I haven't. That's not funny. Yet. Library is a serious business. Everybody should have a library card. Everyone should. Everyone should print things so you can give money to your local library. But amen. But um, but yeah, I I'm interested in a movie at least. Um, you might even like, be able to rent it from your library, fam. Oh uh, yeah, probably, probably. 
You can probably get the, the the graphic novel and get the DVD so you can watch it. It's a lot. It's a lot, buddy. It's, it's a lot to go in there and find them and have them check, let you check it out for two weeks. It's a lot. I know. I get it. <laughs> nah, but um, I didn't say make it a priority trip tomorrow or today. Should I, I mean, say? I mean, shit. I might minus well. Well, no, I need to watch this. I need to write this fucking um Game of Thrones piece before I do anything fucking else. <laughs> but um, but yeah, man, like Watchmen. In the fucking in the fucking bag. Did you ever finish it? Um, no, I've not watched any of the Watchmen yet. So you never watched I'm, any I'm, of them. I haven't, I haven't watched any of it. So I, I'm planning now that it's done. Oh, I'm God. planning on God. running through it here in the next few weeks and getting caught up on everybody else. You you know me. How I'm late. I'm I'm late to the party always, sir. Damn! I thought you would have watched. You never watched even the first episode. No man, I, I don't have HBO Go though, so I have I have to find ways of find procuring plug. myself the plug. Yeah, fuck man, damn. Yeah, so I I I know where the plug's at. I just I just got it, especially now that it's done. I'm just going to get it all, you know. All right, man. So I can check it all out and binge it. So I, um, because I Maps is talking about we should talk about it, and I know you were talking about it, and and Lamb and and Bane. We're all talking about it, so I feel left out. When y'all guys are saying something's cool, I feel left out. When like mainstream media is talking about something's cool, I'm like, "Fuck Chris Paul." <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it all comes back to Chris Paul. Oh, oh no, old uh, ball tapper Chris Paul over here. Yeah, man. So Marcus, man, um, what we're we're not going to go too heavy on the goals, but um. Just what is uh, one goal that you're taking into 2020 with you? Uh, one goal for me for next year. Ah, oh, man, I really do need the goal set. Like, I maybe that's my goal to actually lay down the actual set of goals for myself because I feel like, I mean, I've had some good success in my job over the last couple of months. Mm. Um, that actually kind of came out of nowhere that I didn't even imagine happening and it actually happened. Um, I, I'm try- I don't really want to set a schedule for writing because I feel like when I'm motivated to write, like I can... You want it to be natural without having a deadline on your over your head. Yeah, because basically like other than like some minor revisions, like I basically wrote that my Skywalker piece in one sitting for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, one day I should say, not necessarily in one sitting, but um, it was this last. I think it was Sunday. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, it was Sunday. Like I finally just sat down to actually get everything organized and I finally wrote it. I'm finding now that like I'm actually having a lot of success when I'm doing when I'm taking a day to write something and I can get it done within the day. Um that doesn't mean like it's all edited and like put together or whatever, but I at least have like like at least like 90% of it done in a sitting. And so my thrones piece that I want to write I'm not really sure. Well, I'm sure where I want to go with it. I know like the end result that I'm going to go 
I don't know how I'm going to get there. Like, that's kind of the jig. And so I don't really want to set a, a goal for I want to write at least once a month. Because when I was writing, my blog started, like, I didn't have as much responsibility and I wasn't working as much. Right. Uh, so I had, like, I had just, you know, sort of more time to sort of think about things creatively. Um Cause like when I was at, cause I, I was still at Teletech when I was, when I started my blog. And so it was a job that I didn't have to think about. Like immediately as soon as I clocked out, like I was fucking done. And so there'd be times where I would actually write, I will have to wait on, I'll have to wait for the bus to go to the old mall. And so while waiting, like I would write on my iPad or write on my, uh, my iPhone just like mm-hmm. paragraphs and stuff I wanted to do. Um, and then by the time I got home, I transferred over to um, like this old ass Dell that I still have. And I was, um, I was getting that shit out there. Now it's kind of like when I leave work, like I have to decompress now. Like I, yes. I, like I need, yes. I need time to forget about the stink of what I just experienced. Yeah, like you ain't lying. And so that that takes time. I find I'm finding now that like I I really don't get anything done on the weekdays, which really fucking sucks. Like um I to get like anything creative done, actually not even get anything creative done, like just to get anything done outside of work, I I have to I gotta do it on the weekends now. So I think that's gonna be a goal of like a mini goal maybe of trying to do more productive things during the week, so. Yeah. That's pretty solid. Yeah, what about you, man? What's what's a goal that you have for yourself for the, the next The main year? one that pops out at me, um, I didn't mean to cut you off, but the main one that pops out at me is I want to be more financially responsible. Yeah. Because um, I, I, we, we obviously, between me and Angel, we make enough where we can pay all of our bills and, and have extra stuff, you know, and we're, we're by no means well set. And I want to get to a certain level of comfort. And I've realized that that comes with making sacrifices on spending as much money as I do on frivolous stuff. And I, I haven't sat down and done math on it cause I hate math, but if I did, I'm sure the number would make me really mad to see how much money I've wasted in the past year. Um, so I'm, I'm going to try to be more fi- financially responsible because I really feel like there's things that I could either that we can put the money better. We can, that bunny things that the money could be put towards that are better than what I'm spending it on. Um, and then I feel like if I'm being financially responsible, then I feel like Angel will, will kind of do that as well more. And I feel like as a whole, we'll be able to kind of save more and and be uh, better off for at least a future if we kind of start off because i mean i mean we're doing fine but it's like i want to be doing better and i I really feel like um especially if pi especially if this is the year that there's revenue coming in podcast wise i definitely don't want to be finding ways to blow through it so even if it's just a little bit of something you know um i but i i just want to be able to uh kind of to get in that mode of saving more money overall because um, I'm getting closer to the big 4-0, man. So I want to make sure that 
when I'm starting to come down the other side that there's things to land on when I the older I get, you know? Yeah, man. It's saving is really hard. Like Yeah. I mean that's something that they don't tell you either, like how to There's nothing sexy about saving money. Yeah, man. Um yeah, I I definitely need to start saving too. Um because I mean well before like I I wasn't really in a position to uh with me moving and my expenses now, like it's probably gonna be really hard for me, um, at least for the next couple of months. Um, but but no nah, man, I, I do need to start saving because I mean, who knows this this social security shit is gonna be around. Right. So, so yeah, man. And even then, like you really can't rely on that to be like your end all be all anyway. But um mm-hmm. but yeah, man, like becoming financially responsible or responsible I guess, if that's the word. <laughs> um, Love I mean, it. That, that should be the goal. Um, I uh, I don't really, well, I mean, I really wasn't able to before this last, like, summer, before the summer, like, um, like super frivolous things, but, um, mm-hmm. but now I do need to really get well I, I've always had my finances in line but um really getting better about it like any unless you're like a billionaire like anyone can afford to get their financials better so so yeah I'm I'm starting out pretty late as far as goals and stuff and I haven't I haven't really sat down to think about things like you know I, I kind of have plans to get back into doing some music as time allows and the podcast is um is doing it the, the, the podcast i mean the, this has been a hell of a year like i mentioned last, when we were talking in the gerbo that it's the 60th time that um not the 60th but there's 60 plus episodes that i've done in this year especially since i went bi-weekly so that not only exceeds the number of uh, total episodes for hyphen nation in a year but it also finally meets my goal of one of the things I said in the state of podcast address of having 52 episodes, I had to cheat to do it by going about <laughs> weekly and then having months where I had multiple episodes, like up to like more than eight episodes. I think April and, and, uh, was it August or September or something? I, I knocked out all these episodes and stuff. No, it was September. Cause I think I took August off by accident. I didn't even plan on it. So like, I, I, I haven't even thought about anything like that but i definitely know that that's something i want to focus on to kind of start things off in the new decade so to speak (laughs) i mean it's not cheating if you won so hey there you go i love it man so marcus um i i think that about wraps it up man i mean we 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 covered uh we went over our 2009 to 2019 or little versus conversation and Went into some deep thoughts there, and we played a little word association. We both set our goals. Is there anything else you thought you wanted to cover before we get out of here? Because next time they hear you, it'll definitely be 2020 unless something happens in the next um, however many days there is off in 2019 and you pop up again. What is what is what is an end game for you, or what is one thing that you hope to see in 20? uh 2029 for yourself oh shit 
Um, a healthy and happy family. Uh, that's for sure. Um, I would love if I'm working for myself somehow. Mm. That that yeah, I want to. I w- would love to be being my own boss and and not have to work the day job anymore. Um, that's a goal, and you know that that's the main suit, the main things. As long as the family's healthy, happy, and safe, and then um, I'm my own boss. I, I'd be thrilled to talk to 2029 me. So. I mean, who knows, Marcus? We we may be sitting at the end of a decade, another ten years, recording hyphenation episode number. Who knows what number it'll be? Because I'm not doing math. Episode three thousand. Yeah, numbers on the board twenty uh, twenty nine. <laughs> um, twenty nine. So yeah, man, I, I, I would love to see those things. If I had to pick something, um, getting published. I would actually like to have my work and whatever work I do um, uh, printed physical copy because I'm still I'm still a dinosaur. Like seeing it actually on paper and some um, word presser putting out to the public. Hopefully, people are still reading physical copies of things by then. It's really not a guarantee, <laughs> but um, but I don't know. I think I, I do want to have that as a goal. Um, I didn't really share this with anyone, but um, two twice this year, like two different websites ran some ran work that I wrote. Um, oh wow! Yeah, I I never I never shared it with anyone. You didn't tell anybody. I did not know. And the funny thing is, I really don't know why, honestly. Like, because because I'll even tell you this, like, after they even went up, I never went to their websites to look at them, which I don't know. I don't know if that's some sort of subconscious thing, but um, it probably is, honestly. But I don't know. Like, I, because, I mean, it was work that I put on my blog. Well, one of them was, like, something that I put on my blog one of them was like an actual rewrite that I did of um, when I wrote about. Um, do you remember when I wrote about the um, when I first listened to Alabama Shakes, and then the the Charleston church shooting happened? Yeah. Yes. I actually I rewrote a part of that, um, and a website posted it. Um, oh shit! Congratulations, man. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, so I for some reason I well, I was going to tweet it before the end of the year, like um like the moments I'm proud of type of thing, um, but um, but yeah, man. For I just I don't know. Like I feel like I don't know. Like, I feel like it was just a thing that was a personal victory to me, and I don't know. It really felt great that another place who want to put my shit up um but i i want to become a i don't want to say an author but um i just want to be published and know that it's out there for people to consume yeah so yeah i get that hopefully books are still a thing man and not pdf files but um even even still, like I, I'll take what I can get. 
I, I'd read your book, buddy. Thank you. I, I would be glad to sell you my book, buddy. <laughs> no free copies for you, hyphen. Got it. Oh, uh, no. You get the advanced copy. It's not really edited, but you get the advanced okay. copy. I'll definitely take it. <laughs> All right, man. So this has been uh, Numbers on the Board 2019, the end of the decade. So you can find uh, more of Marcus's work at uh, Mark Rob, the Mark, the Mark I hit my microphone. The Mark Rob wordpress.com. Um, he writes prolific paragraphs about all kinds of things, sports. Uh, he writes about uh, podcasts. He writes about Beyonce. There's nothing he won't touch. So make sure you're checking him out. And that's the M A R C R O B wordpress.com. And this podcast, Hyphen Nation, is brought to you by Hyphen Podcast Group. Morgantown, West Virginia-based podcast collective bringing great podcasts to the people. Hyphenpodcastgroup.com. And that's how you do it. Yes, sir. So, big dog. I'll talk to you soon, okay? All right, buddy. All right. And for everybody who's listening, I'm just going to say thanks, y'all. And if Marcus says something crazy, that's cool. Thanks, y'all. Something crazy, that's cool. Perfect. Oh man, this is good shit, buddy. Good shit. Per yeah. usual. Per usual. Even this. Comment. This has been a Hyphen Podcast Network production. They're the bestest. I'm getting paid at exposure.